everybody. Welcome back. I believe this is episode four of That's So Hard. And thank you for listening. Thank you for returning uh, and participating in Dad So Hard Nation. I am one of your favorite two co-hosts, Vinny Dunleavy, joined by no other, by Mr. Who are you? He taught me with he's taught, he's a- that's the He's t- I got him. I got him right. I'm a really. Uh, this is how I know I'm managing managing it well right from the start. But that is Seth Marks. Uh, he is joining us in, in in approximately 15 seconds. We are excited as we go into this Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully, if you are listening to this on your favorite podcast app, you can share it with one of your friends. Uh, it's everything's dad so hard. You can follow us on Instagram, Dad So Hard uh, Podcast. Uh, if you're still on Twitter. We may promote ourselves on Twitter and we may be selling tweets. I know a lot of people out there right now are dropping off of Twitter like flies, or should I say dead birds? It's like somebody went to Twitter land, took a shotgun and shot all the birds. Every It's like a mass mass exodus. Uh, I still don't know where people are going. I think they're going somewhere because uh, people still want to give their opinions. Uh, but we are we are on uh, we, we still push ourselves out on Twitter. Um, we actually may have a blue check mark because I, I got in. To the eight ninety nine or seven ninety nine thing to just get verified. For so dad, they, so hard. Yeah, there were there were very few windows of opportunity where Elon kept up the opportunity to be verified between the, the between. So if you are a dad and you're on Twitter, and I don't know how many people listening follow the Twitter stuff, but Elon has been. You were allowed to pay for verification, and then he stopped allowing you to pay, and then you were allowed to pay again, and now I don't think you're allowed to pay again. So somewhere in that window, I just happened to log on one day and see could I get a blue check mark next to Dad So Hard podcast. And we did. So That's we are not only we are podcasters, we are verified. A lot to be thankful for going into this Thanksgiving weekend. Does that mean we can make a, a, a profound statement and leave Twitter and it'll be a more powerful statement when we get off that piece of actually, shit? Actually yes. Yeah. Yeah. When we actually <laughs> stop when we when we we, we, we'll ha- we will have to make a dad We'll have we'll have to make a, a breaking news PR release to say Dad so hard is leaving Twitter to go I don't know where uh, Instagram I don't know where dads are so th- this is one of these deep dives we should do one day is and please send us your feedback if you are a dad out there I actually find uh, there's not a lot of fathers on Instagram and I don't think they're on Facebook uh, and ESPN is not a social platform. Dare I say ESPN is not a social platform. So I actually think Twitter over indexes in fathers. Really? More than other. Yeah, I think Twitter. And then I don't. LinkedIn is not really a podcast platform, but I actually think LinkedIn. If you were to in, say what what platform are the number one and two for dads, I'd have to say or even three. I'd probably go like LinkedIn, Twitter, and then maybe Instagram. So if you go a little deeper in that demographic psychographic funnel of where dads consume social content, you'd have to say out of balance kind of toxic fathers might be on Twitter more likely. Right. I would think, uh, I don't know. I I I was very like, I have to, I'm going to respectfully disagree because I actually think Twitter is not as toxic as people think it is. It can be toxic. Yes, there's a definite. That's fair. That's fair. Like, I, a, I came. I came very late to the Twitter game. I actually started follow. I never used Twitter up until like maybe seven months ago. Personally, I started like, okay, let me see what news. Let me see what's trending. So I find it very personalized 
to my own stuff. So I don't really give a shit about politics. So I don't follow anybody political on Twitter. So you can easily delete it. So if you don't want to participate in that and you never read comments, you should never, ever, ever read comments. Dare I say that. Well, that see, that's the key. I jumped straight into the deep end and then I got out. Like I couldn't, I was really, there's so much negativity in the comments. It was incredible. And I was talking to a friend of mine who said, it, it just imagine who that those people are that are just spewing negative, toxic comments. They're still, the, they said, don't let it bother you because just imagine that being the Will Ferrell character from uh, Wedding Crashers. It's just a, it's an adult like living in their parents' house in the basement, twittering negative comments. Well, that's I, what I, I imagine I, every time I read that shit. I agree with you as well, but I also think about like, and this is people to argue about like, why are people on social media? Fundamentally, social media is not for everybody because it is a digital platform to be social, right? The main word in there is social. So if you, if we go back to 30 years ago, there was only certain personalities that would like to go out to a restaurant or a bar or a party, right? I have many friends who are, who just like want to be with one or two people and that's it, right? So you're talking now about a demographic that wants to go out there and mix it up with people. So if you're, and, 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 it, and digital made it a little bit easier at the same token, like when you go to a party and I try to listen to the conversations I have with people, it is very hard for the human form to sit there and be like, wow, Seth, you look good today. You look great. Love, love your hair. And then you go back to me, video, love the glasses. Like people don't talk in positive comments. Like it's a uh, one I mean, that's the root cause that, because because you had me when you're saying and I do like the, the whole genesis of it. It's social, social media, breaking the, the operative word being social. And so when we go out to be social, I don't know about you. I'm going out to have a good time and I don't have a good like the number one objective when I go out to be social is to fill my cup, laugh, have fun, yeah. you know, exude positive energy. So if I've never once in my entire life been he gone out to be social and said, I'm going to be a fucking negative asshole tonight. I mean, but when you get on social media, there's, it seems like the negative assholes outweigh the positive vibes. I don't know. I, maybe it's just the people I'm concerned. No, no, no. Know. I would agree. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I think 100 percent agree because I think the positive vibes are where like like the positive vibes are that quick. But the, the, see, the challenge is the positive vibes are a quick conversation. They're sort of like, oh, my God, that looks awesome. I don't think people engage in it as much, but I think there's a lot of people who go out who want to drag people and are judgmental. It's like when you go to a restaurant, you're like, oh, that that dish sucked. Like, I just think we are more likely to comment negatively about stuff proactively than positive. Because so it's easier. Because it's if easier. Yeah, it's easier. So, and people want to share their comments about like companies or personalities. I mean, you're on a TV show, so people are going to see you. It, it would be hard. I don't see a world where there's a n number of people who watch television and go, wow, I saw that guy last night on TV. That was amazing. What he did was so like there's it has to be really funny unless it's super, super funny. And people are like that was amazing. I love it. Otherwise, it's easier to drag people because you're also people are insecure. Everybody wants to make themselves feel better about themselves. So you just sort of go, well, I'm not that loser. And it's more about you. Like anytime you make a comment about anybody, I, I say this to my kids, right? This is what I say to my kids. If a kid makes fun of you and they think you're fat or they say something about your hair, the problem is not you. The problem is that person has to feel better about themselves some way. So by them putting you down, they then somehow it makes their own pain a little quieter. And so I try to tell my kids, like, listen, if somebody says something to you, just ignore it. Like, who cares? Like, I, you, yes, it, I can understand it hurting you. 
but they're coming from a place that they're trying to fix their own bullshit. That is an incredible, by the way, that is great dadding. That is dadding really hard. Did you, you like that segue? In, that was a good, that, that's a segue. Yes. That's a good segue. When someone's putting you down, and this happens all the time to kids, all the time. Like, they're making fun of what somebody wears, somebody's hair, somebody's body, whatever. But it, it's definitely, to be able to know that, at, at, how old are your kids again? Mine are 11 and 8. So my daughter is primetime sixth grade girl. We are in girl on the precipice of the attacks, the uh, the comments on TikTok, they do a TikTok. Somebody's making fun of it. Like, oh, it's and, like, and are you are, are they able to at, at at eleven and eight understand that incredible foundational principle that like of parenting that when that it's not you, it's the person spewing the negativity that has a problem. That, uh, that we, I don't think I don't know if they we, really covered. I think they do. I mean, my daughter Keep driving is, that one. Keep yes, driving I, I, that it, one. It, it, that's a positive reinforcement. I believe that most of my issues as an adult are based on low self-esteem as a child. And so I think my number one parenting rule is to figure out a way to make sure my kids have a very good self-esteem. That is like everything. I'm, I guess if that would to see my parenting center is about helping them have a good self-esteem. I fuck up all the time. Self-admitted. I may not be doing a good job at it, but that is my vision is if they can have a good self-esteem, then I don't, and it's good self-worth, right? If you have a good sense of, like, I'm, because I always am, and I admire my friends. The people I admire are my friends who seemingly don't seem like they give a shit, and they're so comfortable in their own skin and their own point of view in the universe that, like, if they had a thousand friends, or if they had two friends, they would still be yeah. fine. And I just think that's, it. I'm, I'm not necessarily, I'm not there yet, but I feel like that's what I want my kids to be is to like, I can have three friends or I can have 80 million. I don't really give a shit because I have myself. Well, that's the best parenting I you can do is that you have the awareness on what was troubling for you. And rather than pass that pattern down, which is like, you know, that vicious cycle that the, the, you're you're aware of it what you lacked or had deficiencies in you're trying to go out of your way to make sure your children don't have the same uh you know uh, insecurities you have i mean that's that's beautiful parenting that is dadding hard i love that we're trying to so we brought up you brought up insecurities weeks ago seth and i wanted to get back to this because i don't know if you remember it but there was something you said about you wanted to talk about an insecurity so as we go into thanksgiving is this, do you remember what that was or am I? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, a hundred percent. No, we, it started with you were, you were so you see, you share your vulnerability long before. Is it Renee Brown? Is that the one who's like making a killing? There's this motivational speaker. I think it's Renee Brown. There's a, oh. I think is her name about sharing vulnerability, like goes into fortune 500 companies and talks about how to communicate with more compassion and empathy. And I mean, it all starts with sharing vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's better than anybody. So you got to share your vulnerability. You share your vulnerability as good or better than anyone I know. And when you were talking about how you got, you, you were insecure with your, the structure oh. of your chin and that you had liposuction, right? Or, I mean, not all men would talk about that to anyone in a coffee shop or in a phone booth, let alone on a freaking podcast, <laughs> right? That, so your self-esteem is pretty high, higher than you think. I think it manifests awkwardly, but bottom line is, your insecurity around how your chin was shaped. You talked to uh, your Alyssa, right? Yeah. Yep. About your wife, about, about getting liposuction and she encouraged it. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Yeah. And when we were having that conversation, I was thinking I had a conversation with my wife and, and I wear a baseball hat a lot because my insecurity is I have an incredibly massive forehead and it's receding worse than our economy right now. And I, I said, you know, you think some guys we know have gotten some of these hair plug treatments. I like, it's a trend on Instagram. I've seen this on Instagram a lot. There's a one guy. <laughs> just did a, he just did a toupee. He did like a, like a three, a temporary toupee as a trend that, that was See, what, popped up. One thing you don't have to worry about is that your hair is amazing. By the I way, I will. And I have, I have a thousand. I can send some of my hair to you if you want. It, I'll pull some unless out. You, in, unless you had some plugs put in. No, no, I have that, I, and, we have I come from a family of thick, thick, natural hair. My son is that's my son amazing. will never nobody no there's nobody in my family that is anywhere near close to being bald. Dare I say I'm probably closer to becoming a gorilla. By the way, though, but your hair, honestly, top top I mean you're the point guard on my all hair dream team. That is amazing. Hair. Amazing hair. hair. So so when I took when I told Meredith said, you know, I said, Oh, do I need to get hair plugs? Because we know someone who did who's like 20 years older than me and she's like i think that's a great idea right yeah, why I think not you should get it well because i don't fucking want it and i'm insecure about it and i was hoping she would say uh no you don't need it i love you just the way you are so it can compounded my insecurity with my forehead but if when you're I insecure just... about it, but if you're insecure about it, then you clearly aren't. The, the insecurity means you're un, you're somehow unhappy with it. If you're unhappy with it, why not fix it? So my, my whole point is like, if your eyes, if you needed glasses, are you going to walk around not being able to read a menu because you're insecure? You need glasses. Get the fucking glasses, <laughs> fix it, and move on. If you don't like your hairline, technology and money is such that you fix it. Not a big deal, and you move on. Nobody cares. I... We just talk about no. Why do we care what people think? You, if like nobody's gonna like most people that meet me don't know that my chin bothers me nor that I had something done to it. But I think that's the like I feel like I could role model the behavior of saying, listen, if something bothers you, go go to the gym, stop eating, work out, fix the way you're but it shouldn't it shouldn't bother you, right? Like there's certain things that I agree. I think this is a very interesting debate, like on the surface, the aesthetics, like the, the optics, at some point we put too much emphasis on it and having a large forehead, that's how I was born. Why should that bother me? It's bothered me my whole life because some people made fun of it. Oh, you have a five head. Well, right? the question, and, the question though, is, is it the size of the forehead that bothers you? Cause that can't be changed. You can't change your forehead right. or it's the receding hairline. It's a combination. I got blessed. You know, I'm going to say but I, I got break blessed that. It can't be a comb- but it can't be a combination because you can, can't fix your forehead, but you can. And I would say, yes, get over the fact you have a big forehead. That's that's what you are. But your receding hairline, if it's making your forehead bigger, then you could fix the receding hairline. Separate the issues. You're conflating. I was the just, if your wife came to you with an into, you know, how does my butt look in these jeans? Are you really going to tell her it looks fat and flabby yes i'm brutally if you if i brought my wife in this room right now she would tell you that i am brutally honest because i am not going to lie to her and if i know she's asking me i'm going to tell her the truth so when she wanted her mommy makeover instead of me saying you're beautiful every day you don't need it i was like can totally understand if you're why you're telling me what areas of your body you're you're bothered with but i'm gonna say she's she is here right now at least this may be her first appearance on the podcast seth just asked this question 
if you come to me and you say part of my body is bothering me or I don't look good in this dress, would you rather me lie to you and say, oh, no, you're totally no. beautiful? Or would you rather me say, I agree. No, yeah, I can understand that. I agree. You know, I recently was talking to a friend and I was body shaving myself. And her response to me, which I thought was really smart, was basically, let's not body shame. And she sort of just left it at that. Like, she didn't say I look good. She didn't say I look bad. But she's oh. turned the conversation around to basically be like, let's refocus our energy on being body positive. Oh, that's, that's a totally different yes. answer then. So now I have yes, a new, a new answer. I love that answer. Okay, so we're going to we are going to go into a non-body shaming. Yes. But, but, that was immediate pivoted to immediate, immediately got out of the negative vibe and transformed it to positive. At least that was exact. That's beautiful. That friend, that's, that friend needs a gold star. And uh, yes. that, that, that's probably good parent. That's good, probably good help helping marriages stay together. Yes. But see, but that, but an acknowledgement of that, that's, I'm not, I won't, what I won't do, I will now support her by saying, let's not judge it. It looks fine. But I still think, like, I feel like if I was going to the gym, like, and this is what well, we could argue over this. So for the past couple of years, I've been working out a lot. And sometimes I say to my wife, hey, I think I lost five pounds or my arms are getting bigger. What do you think? And her answer sometimes is you look the same. And that drives me nuts because I'm working hard. I'm trying to lose weight. And I'm like, that's not what I want to hear. I want to hear you look better. I actually want... Like, and if I don't look better, then be, at least be like, and then, but, but to some degree, I think in her world, I do look the same when every once in a while, she's like, no, I can see a difference here. So I just feel like if you can't be honest with your partner and your spouse, like who's going to give you the honest feedback? Like who's going to say, actually, Seth, you gain, like if you're, if you gain 15, 20 pounds, somebody eventually, you don't gain a hundred pounds without like overnight. Somebody has to tell you, Seth, stop. You're gaining 45 pounds now. You've gained 50. This isn't good. That's a little different than, you know, if you're born with a, something that you can't fit, that you can't go to the gym and transform, that your diet can't transform, that a therapist. Uh, this day like, and age, a doctor, there's a solution. There's a paycheck and a solution. But your problem. hairline can be fixed. Your hairline can be fixed. The I think bald is beautiful. If God wanted me to be bald, I'm going to let it all go. And it, we'll see. I'm not getting hair plugs under any circumstance. But I'm then you're not insecure about it. But I am insecure you... about it. I'm working on it, though. I'm insecure about it. I wear a baseball hat every single day. You know that's going to make it worse? Do you know wearing the baseball hat makes the hairline worse? <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you that does. If you were guys who wear baseball hats, men who wear baseball hats, your, your, your hairline will get worse because okay. of the hat. You're not letting your scalp breathe. You're not about, letting your scalp about, breathe. It's making. How about it worse. if I become an Orthodox, an Orthodox Jew and wear a yarmulke? You may well, have to. Is a yarmulke like you may, wear a you mesh. You wear a yarmulke, and then the big thing. No, you're gonna have. You're gonna. If you cover your head, you're gonna bald spots. Like, and I am telling you. It is it, it it is making it is making it worse. If you want to go bald, I would say shave the head and go bald. Bald guys look great. Now I can't. I personally, my head. My mother shaved my head when I was six because I have a lot of calyx, and she thought if I she thought if I shaved my head and then uh, the the hair person as it grew in, we could like comb the hair in different directions that would fix the way it grew. I looked like that movie. We're old enough to remember it, Mask with Cher where the guy has his face was deformed. That's what my head looks like. Oh my God, Rock Dennis. Oh yeah, my head, my head is disaster. So, um, uh, so, uh, so we're going to work on you with your, this. So going into though, uh, 
we so now we've talked about our problems. It's the only, it's the most fitting way as we're as we're all going to Thanksgiving and uh, the world is fucking crazy these days. You wake up today and there's another thing on the news where people are shooting each other. And the world of positivity, Seth. When you think when you think about Thanksgiving and we think about what we're thankful for, what what in the Marks household and your and your point of view, what are you going home this weekend for the holiday being really thankful for? Well, it's always just the family unit, right? I mean, having a family, our health, um, you know, in, in being connected and staying together as a family, like that's a full, as kids get older, we're empty nesters. You got yeah, the yeah. little guys still in the house, you know, just being thankful for family, you know, that's all that's in the opportunity to live another day, man. It's the thankful bar gets lower and lower every single year that- for me. It's actually the sec my the thing I wrote down I was thankful for and you said this um right before when you said uh, about tomorrow I wrote is I'm thankful for today because tomorrow isn't promised and uh over the week I had to go to a memorial service one of my best friends passed away tragically a couple months ago and uh it was a real it's been a real head scratcher in my mind like I've dealt with a lot of grief in my life this has been like the worst uh and we brought my kids to it and I thought there were some dads who like never cry in front of their kids. And my kids see me at like, cause of my hormones. I'm and I, when I cry, I'm like level 17 crying. It's a whole nother level, but I'm thankful for the support I get from my kids. And I'm trying to live. My friend lived his life um, every day to the fullest. And that is the method of now is like, be thankful that you have what you have today and you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and have fun, be your best, uh, you know, be positive when you can. And, and listen, I make a lot of fucking mistakes. My life is not perfect, but uh, I think that to me is where uh, I want to start to just be thankful for. Now I have this. I'm thankful I have a job. I'm thankful for whatever I want to do tomorrow. Uh, that that is where we have to sort of look, be positive, and not and not be looking at what we don't have. Is focus on what I have all the time, and not worrying about like tomorrow or next year or I'll do this like putting off shit I want to do is do what I want to do today. So that to me is the fact that my family and my kids in particular teach me lessons all the time and support me sometimes more than I think I'm supporting them. <laughs> uh, I, it is like a real it, head scratcher. It, no, but that's it. I think that's a big unlock for personal growth and the overall journey towards higher self is that ability to, to completely, you hear it all the time, like any anxiety I've ever had and continue to have at times, any fears I have and continue to have at times, when I am completely 100% free of my anxiety and my fears is when I'm totally committed to the present moment because those anxieties and fears don't exist. Right now, I'm looking at your beautiful head here, your nice, you know, uh, peppered great chin, and I'm not thinking about any anxiety or fears. I'm totally living in this moment and super thankful for it. And I, and I, and like, I think that the fact that you're there you're a couple years younger than me. Like it took me a long time to stop looking backwards, stop looking forwards, embrace the moment we're in. And like Elise said, all about positive energy in that moment. Great. It's actually interesting. Like I've never, you, you've experienced probably one of the more deeper conversations my wife and I have. We never actually have a chance and she's not a good, I have to like give her an inquisition to get a feedback out mm-hmm. of her. That to me was actually a very, uh, are we body one, I want to fi- it was a very positive that's a very positive <laughs> right. first of all it's a are positive body right I'm like whoever like, that girl whoever that woman is my wife needs to spend way more time with her because she seems to be a good <laughs> influence 
Uh, I was like, oh, who is that? She probably has a whole other. She has another real world that I don't even know about. Uh, uh, but it is it is it is interesting. And I think, uh, you know, pushing through fears, that kind of a notion of like things that maybe stopped me from doing stuff before. I'm trying not to. I find those are they're all just like built in insecurities or this. And I'm trying to push through those things to say, no, let me just do it. Let me do in the moment I want to do as long as it's like socially. And again, to me, it's a matter of then balancing. Is it socially appropriate? Am I going to look like a lunatic? You know what I mean? Because just because I want to go, I'm not going to dance in the middle of the street if I feel like I want to go dancing. Right. There's some there's some level of like, you know, um, mental normalness I'll do. Um, but uh, it is. I'm also have to say going into this weekend. I am very thankful for my Ohio State Buckeyes. <laughs> and what I'm not thankful for, though, and no, I'm going to post. Well, I, I think I took a photo. I'm going to have to post a photo of this. But for those listening, Seth has tortured me during this recording. He had he had showed up with no other. Now, I'm a big Ohio State fan. I've talked about it. I posted on my personal Instagram. I posted everywhere. I went to graduate school there. I paid for it. And this guy decides to not only all week send me photos, but then show up wearing a University of Michigan Wolverine baseball hat that I've had to stare at for the last 30 some odd minutes. <laughs> no I, better way to, to hide my five head in my insecurities around my receding hairline than a Michigan hat. Well, and a Michigan hat, I am proud to say, will probably eat away <laughs> at your hair more than that. Like, that's what it does. It rots you. It rots you from the inside. That's what that university does. And I have a lot of friends. I have friends. I have relatives. I'm spending my Saturday family Thanksgiving at my wife's cousin's house where there is more than one uh, uh, family member that went to the University of Michigan. And now for the past five years, I've had to sit there and watch this football game with the enemy. And uh, I do it with a smile on for the family. Uh, but it, it it is crazy. I, and I, only because I appreciate you so much, Seth. And I am thankful for this relationship that we have. However, we want to, whatever you want to call this, uh, uh, burgeoning friendship. But I'm grateful for it. But this is going to be one of the one for the record books right here. Uh, I I don't remember the game being this having the magnitude that this one's going to have. Where it's number two versus number three, arguably one versus number two. I mean, arguably one versus number one. They're both coming in undefeated. I I don't remember the last time that's happened. No, I I think it's it, I. I, I I, I watched ESPN this early this morning. I don't know if it's happened ever. I had to happen once before. It's going to be huge. It's going to be a huge, huge game. I do think um, who if Ohio State, my prediction will be, well, I, I don't know who's going to win because I don't trust them. But if Ohio State loses by very a tiny amount and Michigan happens to pull it off, I still think Michigan and Ohio State will be in the, the top four uh, for the championship because the Big Ten is just – the Big Ten's rising – uh, and they're doing tremendous, but Michigan, Michigan does have an injury. That's my, my, the reports, the scouting reports in the game I'm reading about are that the injury to the running back is really going to, uh, take the wind out of their sails. Yeah. Or it can go the other way it can motivate, you know, who's next, right? That next person has the biggest stage in college football. That's going to, was going to have one of the highest ratings of the year for college football. So who's going to step into Blake Corum's number two, the guy that's been the Heisman hopeful, been playing outstanding as a knee injury, uh, and they're being very hush-hush. There's a chance he does pull the Walt Frazier, walks onto the field and inspires his teammates. He might not be as effective, but it, look, Michigan has a lot of great recruits, just like Ohio State. Ohio State might be deeper with five stars, but 
that next running back. Michigan's always had great running backs. I'm I not know. worried about Blake Corm, this kid playing or not, because who's ever behind him is going to step up. I, that, I, w- I would think that too. I do think we get the best recruiting classes, but that's also because I, I, I mean, not that I want to downgrade the university. I don't know if we have the same academic standards as the University of Michigan. I will give Michigan, I will give the University of Michigan that, that uh, it is probably harder to recruit at an academic level than what we do. I mean, that's just any, all my Ohio Staters can hate me all you want, but like we are Americans, we are America's university. We're the Dallas Cowboys of the NCAA. We are there for everybody. Yeah, no, I, but the way, I mean, I respect the hell out of Ohio state football. I respect it. It is such a, a, an iconic, uh, they don't rebuild. They just reload. They compete every yeah. single year. I thought when Urban Meyer left, they would fall apart. They've just gotten better. They are an absolute powerhouse. So I respect them. I love football and sports like you, Benny. I can't wait for the game. Yeah. I'm very hopeful that Michigan pulled off, but they are seven and a half point underdog for a reason. For a reason. Yeah. It's gonna. It's right? gonna going to be the, the world. most hostile. Yeah. It, it, it's very hostile. That horseshoe. I went to a game there, the one where JT Barrett was short, but they gave him the first down. I was rooting. I, I actually, by the end, was like, I'm a diehard Michigan fan, but I was hoping, like, I just want to get out of here safely with my son. And if we win, it might be harder to get out of there. It's, it's very difficult. And so, I mean, the fact that that's even that it's that hostile that you're even thinking, oh shit, I could be in, you know, it could be some crazy no, ass drunk. They'll take this shit a little well, who, too seriously. Which of your children did one of your kids? What brought you to Michigan? Because you're from Chicago, but you have a kid who went to Michigan. I'm assuming. Yes, yes. So you, you're in, paying. You are you an are, investor. You are an investor. In Michigan. Uh, uh, which which is the, 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 the big reason why. I mean, I went to the I went to undergrad in Buffalo, uh, where they're currently digging out of five feet of snow, and I know what that's like. <laughs> but my parents were were fortunate enough to help me through my uh, my that's my state school undergraduate tuition. So I love the university. I have a lot of good friends there. But because I paid, I took the loans out myself for Ohio State I, as an investor in it, and an investor in myself. I feel much more. People are always confused when I when I root for Ohio State because a lot of my friends are like, you have to school in Buffalo. I go, I know, but it's, and you personally, you personally, Vinny, you personally paid for your, uh, postgraduate degree. Oh yeah. My, yeah. My parents were like, you get you, my parents like you went to college, you should get a job now. And I was like, I can't get a job. Nobody wants to employ me. So I'm going to go hide away in school longer. And they're like, well, then you're paying for it yourself. So they weren't going to pay for me to go to graduates business school. Would you get at Ohio State? What degree? I, I got. A, uh, I went to the business school and I got a master's in labor and human resources. So this is back in the late '90s when labor relations and human resources didn't really exist as a field. A lot of it was union management and and managing companies through people. And so uh, there were like five schools that everybody went to. Uh, Ohio State being one of them. So that is where. So it was a bit the business. I call it the business of people. That's what human resources really is. It's like you could do there's finance and MBAs are the business of like spreadsheets and numbers. Human resources, if done properly and done well, is managing the business through people. And so that's the um, that is sort of what I enjoyed the most. Yeah, what I sort of uh, like to do in the human psyche. Uh, well, Seth, this has been another week. And for anybody who continues to listen to us, we really appreciate it. Please send us an email. I know we got a lot of the feedback has been so positive and it's been amazing as we've embarked on this uh, this journey uh, in season, what I'll go season five. But we've gotten a lot of positive feedback. We're getting DMs. Every People are really enjoying uh, listening to the two of us in our trials and tribulations. I had a friend who I respect dearly, who, by the way, got a law degree from Ohio State and an undergraduate degree from Yale. Oh, and he listens. Cool. He he listens to the show, 
And he sent me a note. I'll, 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 I'll send a picture of the text that I love this guy, Vinny, talking about his liposuction, like how vulnerable, like the, when you did that, honestly, like there's that moment for shows and programs and things where they go next level. When you put your liposuction on the, t- it did, it did. It did. It, 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 Seth, it, the things that go on in my life here in this house, this people, I mean, my coworkers say it all the time because I do share a lot, but uh, my, the, I'm in my own. We're, the Dunleavy household is its own personal reality show. There's probably five people that would care to watch it every day. But I, if you talk to me every morning, I can send you, I could probably just start texting you like what occurred in the last 24 hours. That was lunacy on all levels of my life. There's certain, I, I at least, what I share is at least also the stuff that is, tied to me or what I would don't share publicly is like my the nucleus of other shit that's going on around me with other members of my friends and family <laughs> that I'm like what I can't this not is your just, story to share not, that's not, not your story to share not my story to tell uh at least yeah. pr- I mean privately it is because I got to tell somebody but publicly <laughs> uh, publicly I would have no friends or family if we got that for but um, uh, everybody listening, share it. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Seth, what do you want to say as we go to the holiday? Our, our, our notes, a Thanksgiving note to younger self. Let's give people something to hold on to. The, the note to younger self that uh, I put out there this morning, actually, Vinny, is the, the, the fact that we are all a work in progress and in process. And if the second we don't think we are a work in process is the second we stop progressing. So like it, it, it's okay to struggle. Like that means we're evolving. So the second we don't think we're a work in progress is the second we stop making progress. That's the note. We are a work in progress and just commit to it. Like complacency is the devil. That's what happens when we stop, when we don't think we're a work in progress. So Listen, everybody, that whether it's yourself or maybe that also could apply to the turkey that many people are going to be cooking over this week that turkey could be a work in process there's a lot of meals if your wife if you're if you sit down at a table and somebody puts a, you put something on your plate and it doesn't taste any good just keep eating it because whoever cooked it remember they're also a work in process they're they're, they're doing their nobody cooks a shitty meal because they're trying to make it just shitty they're trying to make it good well you That's can't true i mean unless you really no have an enemy unless you're inviting your enemy to your table and you're purposely feeding them shitty food for the most part uh nobody tried to make a dish shitty i think we challenge set the bar like with positivity at the table no matter how that turkey tastes let whoever made it tell them it's the best turkey of all time and you, I, correct and just put a lot of gravy on it because i don't give a shit what anybody says turkey is dry <laughs> i like turkey but i've never i i, I there, it's all unless it's overcooked it all tastes it's all about the gravy exactly it's all about the gravy once you take once you take the skin off of it it's just it's white meat that tastes like white meat it's i mean i can't you, you, you can't uh brother have a wonderful holiday we will talk again and if you're listening everybody please join us share and enjoy the holiday and listen to this wherever you're traveling Bum 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 b